Hey, everybody, what's up? And welcome to the 279th episode of the Unranked Podcast. Every time I say that, it, it sounds more ridiculous than the last. We've not missed a week. It's kind of insane. Uh, this is Christian Humes. We have a very special episode today. None of the other original cast members are on, but we have a very special guest here. It is uh, Lisa Marie, a staff editor at Kotaku. Welcome to the show for the first time. Hey, thanks for having me. We're very excited to have you here. We like having new voices on the show and returning for the first time since our show on the E3 show floor in the podcast booth in 2019. We have Andy Steak, who's now the uh, director of community. What's your full title? Gaming community director at Stanford. Gaming Center. Very awesome. Which we to be back. We have a lot of uh, streamers in our community, Andy, that like if you're listening and you want and you're going to do some kind of a charity event or anything, um, definitely check out Andy's info in the show notes. We'll put your Discord link in there as well, Andy, Thank so that you, they can go to that. It. Yeah, we have yeah. a lot of we have a lot of people that have started streaming. A lot of our listeners, and they do it very consistently. So that would be there. There's something coming up in August. So yeah, yes, and you should definitely tell us about that. Um, but first, we're going to do the one thing that we have to do at the start of every episode. We got to talk about this week's Pokemon. Which is interesting because now I'm in a place where I don't know how much you guys know or care about Pokemon. (laughs) I love Pokemon. And I think it was Giovanni last week that said Gen 3 is his favorite. And Gen 3 is also my favorite, actually. Yes. Wow. You're the outliers. Because I feel like that's sort of the... Some people will say it's Gen 4, but Gen 3, Gen 4 is kind of the black sheep of the Pokemon generations because there are the gen oneers who are like, it's all, it all went downhill after the first 150. And then after that, everyone felt like it was a little, you know, repetitive. And so gen three, gen four, it's fun to meet those, those fan favorites. Well, it I sounds like it. you, you both are familiar with Pokemon. <laughs> intensely. Yeah. I love my background is that I love Pokemon. Just like I watched the cartoon, but uh-huh. I never was like, super in tune with it like you know the whole world is but i can't do gen 3 drops like you guys are saying like, like <laughs> appreciate the the franchise and i do like it so my background there well so this week's pokemon's pelipper it's the evolution of last week's pokemon which is wingle and one of the most interesting things about it which is same goes for wingle is it's only the second pokemon that's a water flying type and it's well, third. Third? And now Wingle. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, it's the second line. I, I wouldn't. You're, you're technically correct. But I, it's also like weird to differentiate Wingle from Pelipper in a way. But yes. It's the best kind it, of. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> Which technically means you're right. Uh, <laughs> I like Pelipper a lot. Um, I don't know if, if you have seen an image of this Pokemon, but. To me, oftentimes, I prefer the designs that still really evoke the animal that it's based on. Unless, of course, they go with a full-on monster, some kind of like kaiju inspiration, which they do a lot of in the first gen. But the ones that actually you're like, oh, I know what that animal is. But here it's like kind of fun and goofy. Those are my favorites. Um, It's like 50% beak when you look at it. (laughs) <laughs> I like it. I like it. 
it, water flying is a great Pokemon type to have because you could pick a fire type right at the start and then you can get Pelipper early on. And now you've got like three of the main typings that you're going to need throughout the game with only two Pokemon slots filled, like from the jump, mm-hmm. which is traditionally not a thing that you can do. You know, you're either going to get a water Pokemon from your starter or like you'll end up fishing for one or kind of getting something crummy until way later in the game. And that's if, if you pick fire, if you don't pick fire, usually you don't get anything for a long time. The fire types are always far more sparse and like spread out. Um, so it does make Pelipper kind of a good Pokemon for the actual game. As far as the anime is concerned, it is one that appears a ton because I think, I think it's just anytime they have designs that, people gravitate to they reuse them a lot and there's so many stories in the anime that take place in the ocean uh that's why you'll see lapras all the time because it's just like oh this is one of the easiest things to have people ride Mm -hmm. instead of like trying to figure out how we're going to animate them on like a small fish which technically has surf we can just put them on you know this giant shell and pelipper is the same because with its flying type, it has the beak so they can fill it with a bunch of stuff. And it's like, oh, we need a Pokemon that can carry stuff. All right, we'll put Pelipper in this episode again. That's fine. Pelipper is a good one. It's like a catch-all for like travel and for bringing things along. Um, but beyond that, its biggest claim to fame is the typing. Yeah. Wait, how big is Pelipper then if people are riding it? Uh, I don't know so much if people are riding in it outside of there is one time in the anime where that happens, but it's, you know, it's a little, it doesn't make any sense when you look at it. Uh, But it's more often that like something will get caught in its beak and it flies away. Now they're like, oh, we have to go after Pelipper. Like it took off with X item that we needed to. Um, I've never heard or seen this one before. (laughs) I must admit. How popular is this? Is this one like well-known? Is this like... I feel like it's well known, but it's yes. not a favorite. Right. It's I, it's like a middle of the road because it's it's definitely one of those like it falls into the line of like oh that's just like a basic animal which most of the birds do. Right. Mm-hmm. But amongst those, it stands out. I think outside of probably like the Pidgeotto line ends up being people's favorite a lot of the time. Um, previous okay. to this, it, it was not as interesting. It may mm-hmm. come from the name Pelican. <laughs> it may. Right. Did you listen to that? La- you listened to last week's episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you definitely listened to last week's. I was like, does she know Giovanni or did she go listen to this? Both. Okay. I, I know Giovanni. And, oh, great. Um, great. I listened to it as well. And oh, great. I also agree with a lot of his takes. So awesome. Perfect. Awesome. Um, yeah. That's great. Then. Perfect. Well, you're right. It does. It, it comes from, uh, I mean, I can check the etymology, but I'm going to just go ahead because they don't have it listed here and assume that you're correct. That it may Maybe come from flipper? that. I don't, what's the purr from? That's That would be my guess is pelican and flipper. Doesn't have any flippers. I don't think pelicans are flippers. No. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, oh. I was going to say something, but it's totally wrong. <laughs> like Piper, like follow the Piper, but I'm thinking of like, it's a messenger bird, you know, that delivers things, you know, Oh, Some kind of messaging there. Yeah. Okay. So this was my guess, but then I didn't air it because you may, <laughs> you pointed out it doesn't have flippers. The arms are like flippers. Oh, 
Because if you look at its wings, they're like paddles. That sounds right. It's not the best name. No, Wingle was definitely better. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I think also the idea of going from a seagull to a pelican is you're jumping species, but I also like kind of appreciate it because I I think a pelican is much cooler and more badass and bigger than a seagull. To be fair, I saw this meme that was like, Pokemon Evolution will have like a kitten go to a like female lion to a male lion when in actuality it's just like a lion was domesticated to cats and it's actually yeah. the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> so it, technically all Pokemon Evolution's garbage. Yes, that is fair. That is fair. It's it's much more magic than anything. It most of the time doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Sometimes there are leaps. I mean, like the Magikarp to Gyarados and Dragonair to Dragonite is uh, some real creative thinking to get from one to the other because the color the colors are complete opposite, going essentially from like red orange to blue, and then on the Gyarados Dragonair line, it's this swap of that where it's going from right. the blues to the orange. I actually heard a theory that they were supposed to be swapped. There are theory. There's a number of theories that involve that where maybe the color palettes were supposed to be swapped and not the fish. Cause you can see where like the fins and stuff and Gyarados match Magikarp. And so there are theories that say both um, also kind of like Venomoth and Butterfree. If you look at Venonat and you look at Butterfree, it has the same head and eyes and antenna that Venonat has, whereas Caterpie and Weedle don't have those. So they, when you put the sprites next to each other, they look like they definitely were supposed to be the opposite ones where Butterfree was actually, but then when they colored it and did the art, I'm less convinced about that one because Butterfree is obviously a butterfly. Like, it, oh, hey. <laughs> Sorry. Cat just jumped on my lap. <laughs> but he just like jumped on me. Hey, buddy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's normal. That's normal on the show. I have this guy is always right here just waiting to strike at any moment. Oh, yeah. You're a big cat guy. I forgot about that. Pull him out. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what happened? <laughs> yeah, you can see his tail for a second there. So, you know, I'm not lying. Um, but I forget what I was going to say. It was about Pelipper. Oh, so Butterfree looks like a butterfly. Vena moth. Venonat. Yeah. Or whatever. It looks like a moth, right? Like they, so they do look more like what they were going for at least. Yes. I think, I think that's mostly right. But I wonder if you colored Venonat and Butterfree opposite, if it would work correctly. The wings differently. Yes. Cause if you filled in the wings differently, it's, it's just, it's really strange. I'm actually, you know what? I'm going to, um, I'm going to share my screen so you can see this because yeah because i have no idea what you guys are talking about <laughs> that's that's fine because it's intriguing to hear pokemon jargon we should have like a powerpoint presentation of all of these seriously oh that's coffee don't drink that by the way 279 episodes huh christian 
yeah, it's out of control. Congratulations. That's really yeah. great. All right. Let me see this. Oh my God. Did you have this ready? <laughs> I just Googled it because oh. I've seen it like before a million times, but, but look how interesting that is. Mm. Okay. Like when you look at the crowns and the face and the eyes, the eyes. Yep. it's, it's like a perfect match almost from Venomoth to Butterfree. It's the Caterpie to Venomoth that is like, I see what they're saying, but it's not quite as big, but it, the, it's strange how the eyes match on the opposite like lines, but we'll never know because, you know, they're never going to say that they made a mistake because why would you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah totally. I wonder if there's like a Dr. Lava, like deep dive that has been done there's so many there's so many the pokemon world will will if if you've thought of it is what i've realized someone's done it when it comes to pokemon (laughs) it's Um, out there (laughs) dr lava is this like guy on twitter who posts a lot of like these old files that have been uncovered from like the original games that just are still in the code, but mm-hmm. were actually put in. So if you check his Twitter, it's super fun. You see like a lot of like designs and sprites and some like concept art based on sometimes just the back of sprites. Yep. Um, super fascinating if you're into Pokemon or even just like like video game art in general. Yeah, he was uh he was really awesome to follow when those ROM dumps happened of the demos for gold and silver because it had and for the original games it had pokemon that ended up appearing in gold and silver and then some that just never came out like there was like an arcanine evolution and there were all these other like there was this lion that was originally going to be a starter that they didn't do yeah it's very very awesome that's how i found out about the whole there was going to be a final match in the game where after you got 151 pokemon you weren't just going to get like a certificate from professor oak you were going to battle him he was actually going to be the secret final boss and his team is loaded in there, but there's nothing to trigger it. So is this the kitten or is this your cat? This is the kitten. This is Milo. (laughs) Milo. Oh, I have a cat named Milo. Wait, two Milos? It's a very popular cat name. It is. It's a very popular animal name in particular. There's quite a few Milo dogs I've met too. Um, all right, that's enough on Pokemon. We 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 just actually spent way more time on it normally than we do. Uh, does anyone have anything of interest you want to talk about? Not with games or anything like that that you've done recently. And I only ask this because the world is weirdly in a place where we actually can leave our homes in a way that we haven't been able to in a long time. <laughs> um, and quite frankly, Lisa, I'm not sure what what's going on in your life. So. If, what what's happening with you other oh, than I your cats a yeah a couple hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> like literally hours ago so this is very exciting that he's like hey let's hang out how long were you looking into getting a cat a while um i had been thinking about it for several years mm. um because i have one cat and i always wanted her to have a friend but it was one of those things where I've always lived in either North Jersey, which I also heard the Jersey slander last podcast. Mm. I am um, from North Jersey, by the way. Yeah. I oh. was born in Bergen County. I went to <laughs> Me Westwood. Me too. Yeah, I went to Westwood High School. I lived in Washington Township behind Paramus Park Mall. Oh, my God. Where, where'd you go to high school? <laughs> I grew up in Bergenfield. Like, oh, no way. Like, yeah. 
Oh, that's great. <laughs> North Jersey representing. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I actually like Jersey, but it's the New York and all of us. Why did you have to say it like that? I actually yeah. like Jersey as if like, well, the well because are... because it's the New York in all of us on the last episode that caused us to attack Jersey. It's just okay. it's like a reaction. <laughs> you, you can't help it. Got it. <laughs> I think I appreciate it more that I live in New York. Mm. There are so many things that I miss. Like I miss being able to go for like 30, 40 minute drive and either be in a city within Jersey, mm-hmm. go for a hike. You can mm-hmm. go for like actually nice wineries in Jersey, which a lot of uh, this just sounds like LA. <laughs> yeah. LA, so. Yeah. Which is awesome. This, I'm, I live in LA. <laughs> I've been in LA for many years, so I've been gone from Jersey. Um, but I miss like, the, the good pizzerias in my hometown, mm. the bagels. Mm-hmm. Been in LA for 14 years and have not had a decent bagel. I'm going to change your life, Andy. No, you're not going to no, change you're my not. life. <laughs> oh. Everyone says that line to me and then I go. Andy, I haven't had a good bagel in 10 years until three weeks ago. Okay. All right. So I've been out here for 10 years. I, I grew up on Long Island. I know what a good bagel is. Right, I haven't right, had good right. bagels in 10 years. Fair. So where did you go? Hank's Bagels. So it's new. Bagels. It's in Burbank. Let me it's write this down. Awesome. Hank's Bagels. Here's the thing. Here's the problem with almost Thank every bagel place here. outside of New York. What's and that? you can instantly recognize that they don't know what they're doing because you can see they don't have the appropriate crust on the outside. And the reason is they don't double boil their bagels. That's the problem. It has nothing to do with the water. And it's 100% to do with the fact that everywhere is essentially just baking and boiling the bagels a single time and they're not double boiling it. And so none of the bagels have the, the like bubbles on the outside of the crust. And, and it's very light in its coloring. This place, the second I saw that bagel, I was like, that is a double boiled bagel. There's tiny bubbles all over the outside crust. It's crispy and the inside is still soft and it's very well seasoned. All right. Very heavily seasoned, not just bullshit on the top, too. It's fully seasoned everything bagel. It's the first one I've had in like a decade out here. All right. (laughs) I can't wait to text you. I also just really appreciate how you were like, listen, I'm from Long Island. I know what a good bagel is. I love that people from this area are like serious about their bagel. Oh, yeah. Also, I think that your theory about what makes a good bagel might hold up because a lot of people from North Jersey that came from like families in New York that make good bagels in North Jersey, they're different water supplies. So I've always been like, yeah, is it the water? I don't know. So I, no, because- I think it makes sense. Where yeah. I grew up in North Jersey, like we're really close. We're the metropolitan area technically. Yeah. So like yes. I could get just as good pizza at the right place in North Jersey as I could in New York City or Long Island for that matter. You yeah. Know? So it's that whole area just knows what they're doing. <laughs> yes, it was it. I've, I've found good pizza here, but I've never found any pizza that beats like the stuff I can get at the places I really like, you know, in New York. But I've, I've found pizza here that is good finally. But again, all of those places are people that moved here from New York. They're all that's, you know, or from like Jersey, they're from the East coast and they're very like, probably like, that's like a part of their marketing. Like you go to their website, they're like, we moved out West to bring us good pizza that's because we know you don't have it. It's like, there's, <laughs> there's LA friends that because I'm from the East coast and know that I've talked about the terrible bagels, they, they mm-hmm. always text me. Andy, this is the one, this mm-hmm. bagel place. And it happened to me recently. I forgot the name of it. It's in Silver Lake. I went there and I was like, this is not, this is not. Good. Yeah. 
this is not it's not bad right it's yes like it's not bad but it's not that the best bagel i've had out here was sam's before hanks and it's it's good but it's not right writing this stuff this one was right and also they had like real bagel sandwiches so like it wasn't they had like all the fixings it had everything on it it wasn't a lot of the bagel sandwich here which is like egg cheese like maybe sausage on it this was you've got cream cheese you've got locks you've got tons of different you know herbs you've got uh pickled onions there's all the options runs the gamut you're gonna love it i i, I can't wait <laughs> all right um andy what's going on oh um i'll tell you what i'm excited about just being in the gaming industry um mm-hmm. events coming back so Ooh. and and personally i've been doing more like meeting friends going out mm-hmm. and stuff mm-hmm. um but like vidcons around the corner um i saw pax west is actually gonna do it in person yeah i haven't made up my mind on that yet so but i mean that's something like i'm thinking of but recently yeah. just been going out more been enjoying just like kind of being normal again mm-hmm. um you know i've been remote for work since the pandemic yeah and uh it's just been nice to see friends because you had your pandemic friends, right? Mm-hmm. Now I could see my outside pandemic friends. So meaning like the ones that are like, you know, you kind of didn't, you talk to them, but you didn't see them. So yes, a bunch of that good stuff. And I'm um, just playing video games and doing my podcast and just excited for normal, like normalcy, I guess is the answer there for you. Yeah, I, I'm to normal. 100% with you on that. We had yeah. friends over to watch Loki last night, which was, ooh, awesome it was like the first time we've had so i used to love to get together and like watch you know when it was on and it was good like game of thrones and like westworld and you know now we have marvel tv and like i've been like itching to be like oh have everyone over and we'll watch the show together and i finally did that yesterday for the first time it was so nice <laughs> it was that really was cool awesome. um i'm hoping maybe i'll convince myself to go to pax west but i don't think i'm gonna do it uh, I, I just feel like I'm not ready right. for that, that, that big of a crowd. And obviously like, there's a whole thing with them, not like pushing at least to like verify vaccination, um, which look, if we didn't have this like Delta variant and everything going around and like, if vaccinations weren't slowing down so much, I'd feel a lot better about it. The only thing right now that gives me solace is Seattle is the highest vaccinated city in the country. It's over the seventy percent threshold already. I did not know that, but that's Sorry. that's not amongst everyone. That's amongst only eligible people. So it's still like fifty four percent of the city. But that's still by the time Pax West rolls around. So maybe, but I'm probably not going to do it. I am. I am itching. Um, Lisa, what was the last event you went to? Oh my god, the last event. It might have been the last D three because GDC was canceled. Mm-hmm. I was going to go to that and then that didn't happen. There might have been other like small sprinkling events that I went to, but the last like real event was definitely E3 2019. I think I posted a Snapchat or some, not a Snapchat because that was dead by then, but like some Instagram <laughs> or something like, see you next year. Yeah, right. Yep. What a fool. <laughs> what a fool. I really hope it comes back. It, it either needs to come back or die just because. It, this half measure E3 is no good. It was it was not it was not great. 
I, I missed E3 it so much. Yeah. And I was, I was yeah. glad to go to the last E3, which is funny that Lisa, you call it last E3 because it kind of was. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully not, but it'll never be the same. That was probably the last of its kind. It it'll, fun. it'll be different no matter what I feel like now. Um, I'll just briefly say I really miss Indiecade and I hope they do an in-person Indiecade because that's one of my favorite things about E3. It's like I can spend half a day on an E3, like of the three days there at Indiecade and I'll play like 20 different games that you'll likely never play again. Like half of those games, you know, won't be available. They're like prototypes or they're just like, oh, it's like a concept game and they're just like promoting either the USC school part of it that is like connected to Indiecade or, you know, they're trying to get their game made. And so many of them are like the coolest, weirdest things you're going to do. And they end up being other than like the Devolver area, like the most fun part of that event. So That's hoping they come back. I saw each other. I think I so. I, I think I saw you 2020, October, right? It was like October 20. Oh, at the actual Indiecade, like their own event. Yeah, yeah. We, I think we, that was the last time. Yeah. That's the last time I saw you. That was the last event I went to as well. I was going to do PAX in the spring. And obviously no one went to that because it didn't happen. <laughs> Dreamhack in Anaheim, which was really close to like, the start of everything yes. is the last one I did. And it was yes. dead there. Yeah. It was right when everyone was talking about it. And like, you know, mm-hmm. it still wasn't like fully in people's ingrained in people's head that like, look, this is like, we shouldn't be doing. Yeah. This. I mean, it was happening. We just didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> so that was my last event. Oh man. Um, so we should talk about what we're playing. And I'm very curious because I know Andy's been going deep on retro games, but Lisa, I have no idea what kind of games you like to play. So what are you playing lately? And if you want to give us just a quick primer on your favorite kinds of games. Yeah, um, it's always such an interesting question because I am I play so many very varied kinds of games. Sure. Like my favorites are like a couple FPS ones, even though I'm not like that big into them. Like I'm not a big Call of Duty person or anything, but then like I really love like Fallout and stuff or like other adventures type stuff like the Uncharted series, chaos stuff like GTA, absolutely. Then I, what I truly love Mm -hmm. things that I can organize and like plan and pick at and I make spreadsheets for things <laughs> oh wow New Valley and like Animal yep. Crossing yep so like city skylines where I can plan things out like things where I can really dig into and just like think about solving a problem or like make out some very neat plan I love that but hell yeah what I'm playing right now, I actually went to Jersey for a wedding, which is very in line with everything we were just talking about. <laughs> yeah. um, one of my closest friends from college got married and um, it was outside. Everyone was vaccinated. Very lovely. Awesome. But while we were there, we wanted to do, my partner and I wanted to do other things like Six Flags because it's outside. It's the first time we've been able to do something like that. And we went to... Um, we did two at the same place, uh, escape rooms, because they're like private. Wow, you had a good time. <laughs> I was like, well, if we can't go on real vacation, we're going to make it count, right? Yeah. <laughs> so there was this place, um, and it's super small, too. Like, it's not in a super populated area. And we went, and it was so much fun. I love escape rooms. I found that my partner's done, like, a bunch that I haven't done, but this was 
my third altogether. And I, I love the same like problem solving type thing and laying everything out. Love it so much. So we did two and that got me really into doing a bunch of escape room, like point and click adventure type games. So nice. like Rusty Lake has a lot on PC and mobile. And the next thing I want to check out is the room on VR. Also, I like to loop in like I expect you to die very similar on VR um, I love games like that and so I've just been going through a bunch of rusty like you're playing on like a quest or a PSVR a quest okay awesome yeah very awesome um, I have to recommend to you then the we were here trilogy you can oh, okay. buy that on it's co-op escape room uh-huh so it's feels way more like an escape room um, myself and the other host Alex we have been like on a real co-op kick this year did yeah. it takes two which was probably like my game of the year still right now and then we did this whole trilogy called we were here it's we were here we were here too and we heard together the first one is like a very indie game and then you can see each like sub- like subsequent game it looks much better um, but they're also like three hours the first two and the last one's like six which is nice because then you could just either play through the first two in single sitting or break up the last one and the basic conceit of it is you're trapped in like a haunted or like creepy mansion and you're each in different parts of it so you're talking to each other and like okay i'm in a room that looks like this and i've got these things and then one of you has the information and the other one has to do stuff. And it kind of like you're swapping back and forth on that and you're trying to solve it. So you can escape really good if you're into escape rooms. Um, that sounds super fun. The other one is uh, I'm playing it right now. Operation Tango, which just oh came God. out. Yes. I, heard of that. I am dying to try it it's Ooh, like on my list. It's on, I think it's on Game Pass if you have an Xbox. Yeah, I do. And I have Game Pass. Also, what is We Were Here on? Uh, it's on everything. It's on Steam, Xbox, and PlayStation. Uh, and they have a trilogy for 20 bucks. So you can get all three of them for $20. So it's it's really good. And that game, it's not technically an escape room, but the gameplay is very similar to We Were Here, except it's in a theme of like a spy world. So that's really fun. Um, oh, that's awesome. So what, what in particular are you playing at the moment? Like right now, is it just those escape room games or are you playing any larger games? Yeah, I've mostly been going through those and I was doing a replay of Ace Attorney. Um, oh, nice. That trilogy, oh, nice. just because that uh, the Ace Attorney Chronicles are coming out. So I was like, oh, I really want to play through them. And I think I might not have done the last one in it. So I was like, I really want to dive back before that's out. Similar thing, like solving things. Yeah. <laughs> That's I've been trying, you know, I got to bug him. So uh, our other host, Alex, is about to have a baby in a couple months. So I'm like, I don't know how often he's going to be on for a while. Once that happens, I've been for years telling him to play the Ace Attorney games because he's a lawyer. I got to I got to force him to do it before it happens. I'm going to be like, look, if you don't do it now, it might never happen. <laughs> Those games are really good. And they, mm-hmm. I, I want Ace Attorney and Smash. Oh, my God. Imagine. It'd be so cool. Like, objection. <laughs> Heck, yeah, that'd be awesome. That'd be so sweet. And it could be like an attack, you know? He's just like, Psh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, of course, it has to be. <laughs> oh, that'd be sick. Um, Andy. Yes. What are you, are you playing anything new or is it all retro these days? I'll tell you what the new stuff I've been touching. I mean, listen, I collect retro games. I yeah. definitely like, have, I have a CRT te- television. Mm-hmm. So I can hook up 
and play them. And because honestly, what people don't realize is like playing your retro systems on like an LCD, it doesn't do it justice. So right. I, I pop in things here and there, but um, I during the pandemic and not, you know, in the, it wasn't that long ago. Valheim was something I was playing with a bunch of friends. Um, believe it or not, I also have a fallback Minecraft server that I jump on. Ooh. And I've, I've been, I've, so I alphaed Minecraft. That's how far back. Yeah. Oh, I had that too. It was like the $5 Minecraft in like 2008. So I was like, yeah, hell yeah. My brother gifted it to me because I didn't <laughs> understand. He's like, you got to play this game. It's really cool. It's about like this. And I was like, I don't know. Like, I wouldn't yeah. do it until he finally bought it for me. And that's when I played it. It's like Redstone um, didn't even exist back then. Yeah, um, but just a fun fact about me is I oddly love management tycoon games. Mm. So I'm playing Gym Tycoon right now. Nice. I buy these Steam games because I just look for the craziest ones. Like I'll give you an example, like Auto Dealership Tycoon, Esports Tycoon, Game Dev Tycoon, which is one of the best. Oh, that's <laughs> one. I've played through that so many times on my phone. But I downloaded Gym Tycoon because on the Steam sale, I don't know, it must have been like $4 or something. Yeah. I love these games. Like they're they're kind of like time suckers mm -hmm. and and kind of fun to mess around with. Um, and I just like building things, creating like you know, an infrastructure and like a business. Like um, good example of a game I really loved was Euro Truck Simulator Two, which I've I, never played this. People talk about this game all the time. Right. So. Do you think I like driving trucks and stuff all the time? No, but that was the thing is that it's one of those games everyone tells you is amazing. And then yeah. when I played it, I used it as like, I would listen to podcasts and play this game, but it was also tycoon management at the core because you're like starting a truck company. And yeah. This stuff. But um, currently I'm trying to think of something. I got Game Pass. I'm playing Fallout. I'm playing a little bit of Fallout New Vegas mm -hmm. again. So kind of just kind of like popping in and out of everywhere. I stopped playing Valheim a little bit. I don't know. Once your friends stop playing, it's hard to get the keep doing those yep. games, you know? Yep. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm excited for a lot of a big announcements and games coming out soon. So just kind of mixing it up right now. And then of course all the retro stuff. But yeah. Awesome. Summer is kind of the best time to like play games that you missed. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that's I totally get that because it's literally what I'm doing right now. I there's a handful of games I missed because I didn't. I had a PlayStation 4 at the beginning of the generation and I couldn't convince my buddies to get the PlayStation instead of the Xbox. So then, because I was very broke at the time, you know, yeah. uh, is like trying to like get PA work and like working in retail. It's like, all right, well, I'm going to sell this and get the Xbox because ultimately PlayStation didn't have Halo and that was the game everyone was going to definitely play. Um, so now this time around, I was making sure I didn't miss out. So I got the PS5 and the Xbox Series X day one this time. First Sony console I've ever had day one. So I'm, f I'm playing through Jedi Fallen Order right now, Great which game. I'm a huge Star Wars guy. I like all the Star Wars. I like the good Star Wars. I like the bad Star Wars because <laughs> Star Wars is like 90% an aesthetic. So like it, I'll play anything in that if it's fun. Um, this game I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's Assassin's Creed. I don't know if it's Uncharted. I don't know if it's Tomb Raider. It kind of feels like a little bit of all of them. And then they're like weirdly trying to make the combat kind of Souls-like, but it's it's really not. Uh, so it's a little confused in everything it's trying to do, but none of it's bad. It just feels a little bit like they took just like a lot of ideas they liked and threw it into one game and then you know put a coat of Star Wars paint on it. And I'm like, I'll play this. This is awesome. This is great. I'm walking around. I got a double-sided lightsaber. This is all I want. 
<laughs> like, give me some force moves, couple of double-sided lightsaber. Let me go traverse the world. Um, I held out until the Series X update because I was like, this is going to get an update. I actually bought it when it came out, but I think Pokemon Sword and Shield came out at the same time. And if I remember correctly, Jedi Fallen Order had a lot of bugs when it launched. It had a lot of like loading problems, um, and there were a lot of glitches. People were losing saves. Things were freezing and crashing. So I was like, okay, I'm going to play Sword and Shield, wait for an update to fix this, and then I'll come back to it. And then, of course, more games came out, and it just sat there for two years. I'm playing it right now. I'll tell you what, these load times are still crazy, even on the new system. I've gotten so used to the speed of these consoles. It feels like retro games. It feels like the speed of a cartridge now. Like I just, I'm like, I want to play a game. I press a button, the game is playing. I'm not waiting for anything to load anymore. I haven't felt like that since, you know, the N64 and the Super Nintendo. Like you just put it in and you start going. And every time I die now, I have to sit there for like 30 seconds. And I swear it's the longest 30 seconds of my life every time. (laughs) It's so spoiled. It's the dumbest thing in the world to have to complain about. Um, But the actual game I'm really, really enjoying. So I'm having a lot of fun with that. And if you have Game Pass, it's on there now because of the EA Play. So if you haven't played it and you have an Xbox, I don't think that it goes cross to the PC because it's through EA Play. So you have to have an Xbox, either S or X, to be able to do it. Um, probably a 1 would work as well. Uh, and the other thing I'm playing came out today. It's called Boomerang X. And it's an indie game. It's um, a, it's from Devolver. It's really cool. The visuals are like Samurai Jack. It's very like uh, Gendy Tartakovsky. It's um, not quite cell shaded and flat. It's more almost like things look like they're cut out of color, like colored paper, like construction paper. A lot of it, and it's very simple in design. But the enemies especially look straight up like Aku created them. They're all black and they have either like these white or red eyes and like the way that they move and come at you, they're all like bug like creatures or um, they're these like flying ones that look a little bit like a jellyfish. Everything's a little bit amorphous because there's no detail. It's all black. So when it moves, even though it's a solid figure as parts of its body pass over other parts, it looks like it's just like morphing and like changing as it's walking to you, which makes it a little creepy. But none of the enemy combatants are especially difficult. The game, at least the first two hours I've played, is primarily like all about the movement, and that's what makes it so much fun. The whole conceit is you have, uh, I think it's a shuriken, or maybe it's a throwing star, but it's it works like a boomerang. You throw it, and it comes back to you. But then as it goes on, you end up being able to do things like you throw it, and then you can pull yourself to it instead. So you're just like throwing it and I'm just, I'm flying around essentially because I just keep throwing it and then pulling myself up. And if you get good enough at it, you don't have to even stay on the ground. Um, then eventually there's things where you can kind of slow down time. There's probably a bunch more upgrades because it feels like I'm kind of still in a tutorial zone, even though it's been like at least an hour, somewhere closer to like to an hour and a half. Um, but it's really good. It's also only 20 bucks. It's on steam and I think Switch, which I am not playing it on. I'm playing it on the PC. Um, highly recommend it if you like games that are mobility-based. That's that's like 
So you were talking about the games that uh, you liked, Lisa. The games that I like primarily are multiplayer or like mobility based. Like I, I don't like when I don't feel like I'm controlling the character and the game is doing too much for me. Um, it's why I never really enjoyed the Assassin's Creed games because I'm like, oh, wow, they're like, look at you, this amazing parkour person, but you don't even have a jump button and all the climbing is automatic. Like you're not doing anything. Like all of the cool features of that game are essentially done for you. And the fighting was always bad. The new one was actually, I enjoyed for the first time because they were like, it's mostly about fighting. You're not in a city, you're not doing parkour. You're... And I was like, okay, cool, great. Now it's just like a fighting exploration game. I'm in. It's, it's what it should be for the way that game works. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm playing right now. And I don't know, have either of you played Grifflands? I've only heard of it. I haven't played it. So I don't know if either of you are, do you enjoy um, like card battlers? Did you ever try Slay the Spire? Nah. I try. <laughs> You're like, hmm, not really. I like deck building <laughs> tabletop games, though. Okay. De- deck builders. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, this is a deck builder like those. Um, but for some reason, they, the video game versions of those, I just can't get into. I don't know okay. Why. Yeah. I, I could see that just if, do you like turn-based RPGs? Oh, yeah. Okay. That's interesting then, because I would almost have guessed like, then that persona. it's just because you don't like the sort of slower pace of it yeah i don't know what it is but it's odd well so here's the thing i like about grifflands the game has two battle systems one is conversation combat and that's the thing i really like about the game it is a roguelike but it's too long to be a roguelike and so giovanni told me he was playing last week on the like story driven mode which makes it it's much less punishing if you lose and you can just kind of keep going through I'm now going to switch over to that. Uh, This is just an update for people listening. If you are going to check this game out, I will say don't throw it onto the hardest difficulty unless you're really into like a game. Like I I don't like the Souls-like games because uh, I just don't want to feel punished by a video game too often. I I always find like there's a degree of difficulty I can enjoy and then there's a level of it where it's like how many times am I going to have to do something over? Like... I don't want to have to keep repeating the process too many times. Um, and Griffland is a really fun game, but for it to be something that is supposed to be like a loop that you keep going on, the loop is shouldn't be like several hours long. It should be like, if you're good enough, you can beat it in like 45 minutes to an hour. So then if you keep dying 15 minutes into it, you didn't lose, you know, a day's worth of gaming practically. Uh, in that one setting. So still still highly recommend if you're into deck builders because I've never seen a game where I'm fighting someone, but I'm not trying to kill them. I'm actually just trying to beat them in an argument, <laughs> which is really cool. Cause like I'm playing the card down and I'm like, oh, I'm going to deflect this argument back at them and like distract them with something else. And like, as you're putting those cards down, the speech bubbles are filling out. So it looks like you're really having a conversation with them and trying to convince them of something or make them go away. Um, so that's really cool, but it is, I think not like quite as tight of a game as it could have been. I think they should really, it has an actual combat. And I think if they cut the actual combat out, which would cut out about half the game, it would actually be like perfect for what it was trying to do. But I don't know. That's, I don't know what their intent was. That's just what I would prefer. So, um, you guys want to talk about some game news? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. 
<laughs> that was very loud. I was waiting for that. <laughs> so, uh, people on the internet are very mad about this Nintendo Switch OLED. What are, Lisa, you work at Kotaku. How do you feel about this? <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> This is an official stance of because I mean, sorry, this is not an official. This is just Lisa's Actually, opinion. Off the record, you do want the official stance. Sometimes we do ask Kotaku, and that's like what we're talking about. So if you want like other people's opinions, sure. Um, but I, yeah, I, I'm just really over Nintendo's model of this. I feel like a lot of people have been like, "Oh, they did the same thing that they always did. Why are you surprised?" And it's like. I'm honestly not that surprised when it happened. I was like, oh, they announced something random Tuesday morning after a holiday. <laughs> One, F you, Nintendo. I just got back from vacation. And two, yeah, that sounds right. That doesn't mean I have to like it. Like, I'm just really over these, like, half steps and having, like, hey, buddy. <laughs> um, having these, like, tiny updates Mm-hmm. the consoles and i feel like it leads to a lot of overconsumption that i think we maybe weren't as attuned to when like the 3ds was out and everything and i feel like you know there are always going to be people who want to get that upgrade because they're like well if there's something newer and i can afford it you know i would like that but would they maybe do that if like if they did this and then the pro was 4k there are definitely going to be some people that get oh yeah all three of them and i don't really shame them for that i think you know it's kind of hard to pin it on the individual person just trying to have fun but i think that have they just like waited a little bit and done a 4k one it would be better all around and like overall kept the same like that was the big thing people wanted, Mm -hmm. right that and probably more internal storage i think that if they had just waited it would just be better all around people wouldn't be disappointed and you would just have a better console and you wouldn't have like three consoles because let's be honest they'll probably come out with like five by the time that they retire it so you're totally right (laughs) like uh, i pretty much agree with you beginning to end there i think it's an un it's an unneeded upgrade in a number of ways but like yes they should have fixed the kickstand they could have done that though the last time that they put out a switch that had a better battery in it when they just when they just updated the model like if this is what they're going to do they should just be like hey this is just what the switch is now don't make it a separate thing that costs more money (laughs) yeah right Uh, well things like that in the internal storage like just fix it yes yes so I, I think it's funny because this is so Nintendo, of mm-hmm. Nintendo, right? And it's funny, you know, I watch these. these. That's just everyone saying, like, we give up. <laughs> like, well, you know, like we're, we're, we've all just accepted this is what they do. This is what they do. It's And here's, here's my thinking. It's a Band-Aid system, meaning they are telling us that, what is it coming out in October or something in the fall? Yeah, or, in the fall. So what that tells us is that they are not releasing a new console before the new year, right? Yes. But what they're doing is they have to have something come out for the holiday season that will peak interest and people will still buy it because that's what's going to happen. Even all these people complaining, they're still going to buy it because it's very Nintendo's collectible, even if it's something that you don't want or yeah. you need. 
So my feeling is that they're going to they're doing this Band-Aid. And then after the new year, there's going to be a huge Nintendo Direct. And they're going to announce like whatever the successor, the Gen 2, the true successor. Uh, Switch. I think it's still going to be a mid-step. Because it, for it to come out with an actual second Switch next year, that would be a lot faster. That'd be like as fast as the Wii U to the Switch was. Whereas like the Wii was like a seven-year system. There's traditionally about five or but six years in the past, but this is game for them because what they're doing is a hybrid console portable. They're yeah. taking all the things they did great in handheld and making it more of a console. But people don't need to like have like an 8K switch game. No, right? they don't have to compete on the graphic power. And that's what people don't realize. Like, I'm fine with just the way <laughs> to, to an extent. I mean, Here's here's the way I see it. And I actually don't see anyone talking about this. I weirdly think the OLED, mo- I think that there is a more powerful model coming a la like the DSi or the new 2DS, which was more powerful than the like standard 3DS. So everything ran better, higher frame rate. Um, there were some games that could run on it that couldn't run on the other ones. I think that's still coming, but that's not a successor. That's like the Band-Aid for another year and a half. So you're saying there's like multiple Band-Aids coming and that just... Yes, and I <laughs> I think this is coming out because you still cannot easily buy a Switch. Yeah. And this allows them to use different panels and hardware to produce more Switches. I think that's literally the whole reason this exists, is they're putting out another Switch for the people that are willing to pay for, more money for it, but they are going to actually probably have a slightly more powerful one. That's going to come out. Maybe they won't. Maybe maybe we won't get a successor for another two more years. I don't think we're going to get a full-on Switch 2 next year when the current model is still selling out. They're not going to like put out a hardware like successor that is like, this is the new console platform when their current console platform is completely like it's still not staying on store shelves at the, at the moment. So it's, I think it still has two years left on it, whether or not we get the DSi, you know, the... Um, 4k upscaled switch or not that's a different question lisa what do you think about it (laughs) (laughs) you've done a really good job to not laugh that whole time with your cat just like rubbing its face (laughs) all over you (laughs) for people who are just Uh, listening and not watching i've been getting mauled by a kid (laughs) (laughs) yeah literally for a brand new kitten that cat loves you right now (laughs) i know yeah no i she he literally came my other cat's the girl um he literally came at like 7 30 ish wow that's amazing um, that's so awesome like climbing on me and licking my face and he's like <laughs> get that mic out of the way this is my space um, i was i was very impressed by your ability to not like laugh or interrupt or that it's <laughs> like i look over and you're like leaning back the cat's like almost like on top of your head <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but when I think about the Switch, I actually heard a really good theory. I, I have so many things mm. that people I'm collecting. Um, so also based on a lot of the reports, since there were so many, I kind of am inclined to think that they weren't totally wrong yeah. and that there is a 4K Switch plan and that was supposed to go with the OLED, mm-hmm. but it didn't because the chips aren't able to yeah. get made. I believe that. Yeah, that might be true. Yeah. Wow. I totally believe that. That's totally true. 
that makes a lot of sense. Or could be. If so, they could do the 4K one Mm -hmm. really soon. And also, if we're thinking about it, the Switch Lite came out, what, a year and a half or so after? Mm -hmm. So this is now the three and a half, right? If we're counting the battery one as a half. So they've definitely already been pumping out, like, new versions. Right. Um, So, and I mean, in terms of it, being sold out it can only help them because if someone would have gotten the $300 base one yes but it's sold out and they're like well the OLED one is in stock I'll pay more for it then you just made more money when you maybe wouldn't have so I don't know I could definitely see a 4k one coming out sooner that's what I think. But the 4K is still like, it's not a successor. It's just a step yeah, up. It's going to... Re- I think so. Because this is, if you look at it and compare it to the, the 3DS line, it was the 3DS and then you got the 3DS XL, which is essentially what the OLED is because it's a bigger screen. And they did the 2DS, which does not have 3D. And that's the Switch Lite. But then they came out with the new 3DS and the new 2DS which were both more powerful and they ran like the Monster Hunter game. And um, I think Majora's Mask ran at like a higher frame rate and all the games just like loaded and ran better. And that was like the like minor step up. So that's some games that like third parties wanted to port to it and Nintendo wanted to like bring on it could actually play. And I think, I think that's the thing they're going to need to carry the system forward for two more years. Cause so I do think in about a year, the PS4 and the Xbox are getting cut off in about a year because now that everything runs on these SSDs is going to be too fast for like, they're not going to want to like code in like elevators and, and like shafts. I have to like crawl through and stuff just so that it can run on like a legacy console. They're not going to do that. And so the the Nintendo console is not going to work anymore. Um, Not unless they really think they can get the sales to like send it to another team put the work in to make it work on it, like down res everything, put in areas for loading times, which is suddenly a lot more work than it was when you could just turn off effects and lower the resolution. So I, I, I agree with you. I think we're going to see something. I, but I'm also though, I want that. So it might be biased because I really, I really don't want to play the next Breath of the Wild at like, you know, 20 frames a second. I want to... <laughs> I want it to play well. I want to play um, the new uh, Metroid Dread at like, you know, 60 frames. I want to see it in like full 1080 or up res. I don't want to see it in like 720 and running at 30 frames. So it just, it looks so nice. Um, The other big news was today was the PlayStation State of Play which it was interesting. They got out there in advance and were like, it's just Deathloop. The the Canadian account was like, we're not talking about anything with Deathloop. And then it was like late yesterday or early today, the US account was like, actually, we're also going to talk about some indies. Like last minute, which after the last year and a half of expectations versus what people were getting uh, and people being furious at like reveals and um, state of plays and, you know, like the Xbox game shows this is just like the new normal, right? Anytime someone's going to have an announcement, it's just going to be like, Hey, we're only even Nintendo's gotten in on it. Cause anytime there's rumor of a direct smash fans lose their minds, yeah. <laughs> go on the internet. They start posting the most insane things. And then it would not have smash at all. And people would be very angry about it. <laughs> um, so I personally, 
was very excited for today because of Deathloop. But I'm curious to hear what the two of you think about. Andy, do you have a PlayStation 5? I do. Okay. At I'm, least, a, I'm that guy that tries to get everything first yeah. time it comes out. Well, it's hard to, if you didn't, though, I don't know how you got one is the thing. Uh, <laughs> a lot of clicking the yeah. screen on the drop, <laughs> um, which is a problem in the industry now, the way they're doing what that now, this whole digital, that's a whole nother topic. I don't want to go down that. Yeah, yeah. But um, I like what Sega's doing. Um, so Demon Slayer is a game I uh, oh yes that and I believe Sega is making it. Um, so I'm a big weeb and uh, Demon Slayer is awesome. So it was cool to see that and then Lost Judgment, like all the Yakuza stuff, Yakuza stuff. Um, but Deathloop for me was the thing. But I'm a big indie fan and supporter. I know there's another game. Um, the where is it called? Um, Jet. The Far Shore was interesting. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's made by the Sword and Sorcery guys, right? That which, makes sense. That that looks cool. I thought that looked really interesting. That looks cool. Yeah, that was shown off last summer for the first time. I actually have it on my fantasy league. I think, um, which now I feel more confident about. There, uh, it looks really pretty. Yeah, but l- last year when we saw it, it almost looked like it was just like a straight up flight sim, like top down. It looked almost like. Um, flower in space which it still kind of looked like now but then today they were like oh actually you're going to get out of your ship and you're going to be interacting with the environment and the creatures in that world and i was like okay this is actually suddenly a very different game than the first tease for it uh lisa did you have any thoughts on jet um jet seemed fine i i do also (laughs) have uh I feel like I can't hide when I'm like not impressed. I mean, it seems cool, but it's definitely not <laughs> what caught my eye. I also have a PS5. I pulled off the impossible and was able to secure one. God, we're all really lucky. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I know people have been trying for months and months. No, I can't believe it's still like people are still trying. It's crazy. I know. I was also unemployed. So wow. before I came to Kotaku, um, I had been laid off due to the pandemic from right. GT, which is also how I know Tom and Giovanni. Um, but I had a lot of time on my hands. So each one, you know, my partner and I were trying to get one and he would give up and I'd be like, I have literally nothing else going on. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do this. So finally, it was like the day that Walmart and Best Buy had one. Best Buy was a total bust and I was able to get one from Walmart. And I swear, I didn't believe it. I was in shock and I like shouted while my partner was in a meeting and he's like, my girlfriend just got a PS five and the person he was talking to did not get it. (laughs) But all that I am really excited for Moss, which is weird because Moss, the first one has been my like to play forever. So it's very normal of me to be like, Oh yeah, I'll totally just catch up when I probably won't. But something about it is just really cute. And I'm kind of into it. My only thing is after having the quest, I really hate PSVR. I have PSVR and the quest. um, And it's really, really, really hard to plug all of those wires back in. I am dying, absolutely dying for them to make either a single wire or like even like two i'll take two wires give me two wires something give me something to work with yeah you guys aren't keeping up yep i this is interesting because i brought this up with people and no one seems to care about my thought on this 
but you might. I, so I don't have Oculus because I just, it's like, we have to all take some sort of like stand somewhere with something we don't like. I use Amazon, so I'm not buying an Oculus. You know, it's like, it's like, I hate both Jeff Bezos and Mark Zuckerberg, but if I cut both of their platforms out of my life, I literally can't do the things I need to do. So I was like, I'm not going to give Zuckerberg money for an Oculus, but I am going to continue to use Amazon because uh, I'm a sucker. So I really want a Quest competitor though, because I, once you use it, I don't want to use any of the other ones because it's wireless because it's all, and it's not even wireless. It's all there. And my thing is it's $300. It's less money than a PSVR was. There's no reason I see that they shouldn't be able to make the next PSVR the same as the quest where it can be a standalone VR headset. So it's not going to run PS5 games. It can run dedicated VR titles, like things that are available on Quest, and then it's a new platform for VR developers. Probably could run some PS4 VR stuff. You might just have to change some of the you know specs on it. But then also allow you to plug it in like the standard PSVR for when you want to do VR PS5 games. I don't know why that wouldn't be the case. I feel like if you look at the Oculus Quest, you look at the fact that they have no competitor, and that PlayStation is like the biggest name in games other than maybe Nintendo, they are the best company situated to compete and actually do it. And I will, I think be disappointed if the next one is just the same as the first and you have to plug it in. You're only playing PlayStation five games wired in VR. Cause it, you're, you're right. It completely limits the way the games are played by having those cords. And it, if you could have only one that will be better, but it's, it's not the same as being able to like stand up and do things yeah i mean i and it's also tough because i love like the first asher bot too and i don't think i complete i got really close but i don't think i finished it because i put like the vr thing away and i did oh you can actually see it it's in my bag. oh i can see it, it. Just <laughs> don't touch it just you're with the plant yeah. and that's where you belong, uh, right? Because it's such a chore and you have this extra box. I absolutely hate it. And also with a single wire, you know, Oculus has a rift that you can play PC games on. And now the quest, which is even lighter, you can do a link cable as well, mm-hmm. and play PC games on. So, you know, I, I really hope, I, I would take one wire. I would take the, the whole setup. It's too much. Yeah. Um, and if you have a long wire, you could stand up. You could make it work. I, I have but why would they need it? S and I have I a think wire. because it needs to run on that console if you want to do certain things. Like that part makes sense to me. Well, like, but why couldn't they kids? just make a Quest competitor for a similar price? And then just like the Quest, you can plug it in for the PS5 games. I think you're for, you're failing to you notice to that that they don't care too much about VR anymore. That console, I think it's like you guys got to look at it like do they really want to compete with the VR market again? Like they've already done a pretty bad job at it. I have an Oculus Rift S and I'm wired. Yeah. I stand. I, I don't have to like go a lot of places. Um, it's I'm, not bad, but but it's not the same. But I'm not going to go out and buy a Quest uh because I have this because I sure, play Half-Life of course. Alex. The reason I got yeah. this is so I could play Half-Life Alex. Yeah. And, and I'm more of a social VR though. So the quest might actually make sense for me now because I don't really play like the PC games like I used to. But I really think that they're just like not like 
they're not into it anymore. Like, I feel like they, they're just going to focus on what they do best, you know? It's, it's unfortunate because they're the best company situated to actually take it to the next level because no one cares about Facebook with games. Like, there's probably so many people that don't realize Oculus is Facebook until they buy it. And then they're that's, like, oh, I have to sign up for Facebook to use this. I mean, I think that's like kind of like a lot of people don't know. Like, that's kind of a marketing ploy. Like, yeah. it's, it's, you don't know it's, you know, tied to Facebook. But, well, but yeah, not, because then people wouldn't be. I'm not as even interested on anymore, <laughs> and I I have it. So yeah, I, I had to make a fake <laughs> alias in order to use it. So it's uh I don't know. It, especially with Dreams now, um, the latest stuff that's happening in Dreams is so amazing, and the tools for Dreams really kind of require you to do it in VR. Yeah. Uh, I I'm like dying to use Dreams, but I'm like I'm not gonna go out and buy the old wands and stuff because. Sony has said they're going to talk about the next version of PSVR in the future. And there have been patents and things that have come up. Right. And so it looks like the controllers can be more like the Oculus or the Vive controllers where it's like sensing your fingers and there's there's like gesturing within it as well. And it, it's just like, wow, if that happens, then I'll be able to do the next generation of dreams. Like people are making incredible stuff on that platform. It honestly could compete with other game making platforms if they modernize it. But you so need you, you need new tools. Are you saying that I think that it's realistic if Sony's like, let's not make this and maybe it could hook into a PS5, but how can yes. it be independent? So you're thinking independent. It should be an Oculus, like, it should be like an Oculus Quest, right. okay. but it can still function like the current PSVR by plugging into it for PS5 games. But, but otherwise it's PS5. it's its own VR platform. It's a PlayStation VR. Okay, so that makes a little bit more sense to me. Like if they I see what you mean. That's where you're saying they're gonna be a stand you can buy it standalone without yeah. PS5, right? So it can be their third, their third. You know, try. It's like they they failed with the PSP. They failed with the Vita for a second platform. But here it is. So their third shot. They you know they cut it off. It's its own platform, but it's compatible with the PS5 as a VR headset. That's what it should be. It, it's the current really one is like the same PS cost VR. as a Quest. You're a really big fan of Sony VR. No, I'm a really big fan of the Oculus Quest, and I'm mad that I. I have decided I'm not going to buy it. And I've said it too many times now that I can't go back on that. <laughs> and no one has made anything that competes with it. There really isn't. There's some other ones that are, uh, you know, they're standalone, but they're all junk. The like quest is kind of far and away better than all of them. Christian, you could buy one and not tell anyone, you know that. <sighs> so people won't ever know that you're crossing. The I could, there. I could, you totally could. I could, but I wouldn't Sound like you want to. Here's here's a problem. <laughs> I talk too much. I would immediately be like, "All right, here's what I'm playing this week." You gotta do it. Fair enough. Um, let's let's briefly talk about Deathloop. I'm very excited for this game. Who else is feeling Deathloop? I like I'm it. I, excited. I'm excited. Yeah, excited for sure. Did either of you play Dishonored? I did. Okay. I did it. So this game seems to evoke Dishonored to me a bit in like the combat mechanics and the way that the person was traversing it. I know, Lisa, you wanted to share an opinion with me about Deathloop ahead of time. And I'm, it's probably somewhat similar to what I was thinking, but I'm actually curious. I'm going to stop myself because I want to hear what you have to say first. Yeah, I mean, it would be a shame because we've been on a roll, except for the Gen 3 thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> I am overseeing it like... 
he convinced just about all of us at the first maybe second trailer like we get it we want it i know that they probably had to fill time with something that people are excited about but i don't know i guess the ratatouille game wasn't enough or whatever um that was a moss joke <laughs> i was like i was like at first i was like ratchet and clank like what what is she talking about moss. <laughs> uh the chat kept calling it ratatouille and Stuart little and i can't get over awesome it. but i feel like they felt like they had to mention it and i'm over it like it didn't really Mm-hmm. do anything for me as ex- it almost made me less excited because i'm like i'm so over you showing me trailers just, mm-hmm. just give me the damn game just give me yeah. the game and shut up that's it <laughs> i i mostly agree because I, so I was watching it while i was working so i actually had the sound off at a certain point because they were like today we're going to look at like one of the like eight guys you have to go after. And once they started doing it after about 30 seconds in, I was like, Oh, I don't actually want to hear any of this because I don't want them to like be showing me one of the missions like outright. I definitely want to find that out for myself, but while watching it with the sound off, the thing I noticed is we're like the games now can be um, mechanically complex enough to actually pull off spy style gameplay in a way that we couldn't before. And I think that's probably why we're getting a perfect dark and a James Bond. Finally, it's like, we haven't really had either of those in like the last, you know, 20 years, really. Like we, they had a couple tries at James Bond. They were kind of junk, but now they're easier hitman. Well, so I was about to say, that's why I'm saying James Bond is coming back for that reason, because this game looks like dishonored and hitman had a baby. Mm -hmm. That's what this game looks like. The, the combat, and the traversal looks like Dishonored, but the gameplay mechanics all look like Hitman, where you have to learn about the characters, like figure out where they're going, what their security detail is going to be, how you're going to change that to affect it to like give yourself an edge. Um, all of that is Hitman. But then unlike in the past, where when you're developing a video game, you have to put so much of the resources into like, okay, just simulating all of these characters doing these things takes up all of the console's power. So we can't have them be like running around fast. It can't be like a first person game where there's going to be like this engaging combat. Cause we just, there aren't the resources for the AI to, to do both of those things at the same time. And now I feel like, Oh, they they're able to do this. We're able to actually have this like living, breathing world where all of these pieces are kind of moving around like, like a puzzle box, but you're, not stuck playing with it like a sim because that new hitman game was great but sometimes when i was playing it i did feel like oh i wish i could be like a little bit faster and a little bit more um like a james bond character like i wish i could i could kind of take things into my own hands a little bit more as like a either like fighting or with the gunplay it still felt like it was like almost there but i've also never been a person that's been deep into stealth games so that's, I mean, the new Hitman was the first ones that I ever liked. So that's, that's, you know, that might just be a personal preference for me. I played the new Hitman. It was, it was fun, but you know, it seemed like kind of the repetitive thing that I, I was just kind of bored with it. Honestly, I got pretty bored. With it. I, I didn't finish it. I got a few missions in and then I kind of dropped it. Although now watching this today, I was like, oh, I should go back and I should right. just finish those last few minute missions now that I've kind of been away from it. I just want these 
like overhyped games, I'm going to say Deathloop is an overhyped game because yeah. with the whole cyberpunk debacle and I experienced a horrible experience with cyberpunk. I was so stoked. Well, so I, cyberpunk is in its own I strata. Cyberpunk, I, know, but I wouldn't put Deathloop in the cyberpunk not, strata. <laughs> right now you're saying that, but I hope you're right. Yeah. I hope that. But this game was supposed to be out. I think it was. I believe it was oh, really? delayed. This it was cyberpunk really good, though. also delayed. <laughs> Well, yeah, but that's <laughs> hey, delay the game. That wasn't because of COVID. <laughs> that was because the second it was delayed twice, and the second one was. Yeah, I also agree with your point, Andy. Like, yeah, delay it. I'd rather delay it. That. Yes, yeah. yes, please. Yeah, save me from from yeah. watching my game. So, PS Five Cyberpunk. Every pr- playthrough that I had, it crashed once. So every time <laughs> I played it, it had to crash once. So beating it was really uncomfortable. So. I skipped it. I didn't get it. I saw that train wreck coming. I was like, boy, this is a big game. They keep showing us the same one trailer for for the last three years. I was like, it seems really weird that we're not seeing a whole lot more of this game. No, but I think they're going to do this is a a console exclusive. It looks like it's awesome. It does look awesome about about it. So and it has the co-op mechanic, which um, it's one of my favorite things. I haven't seen it since Perfect Dark. This is a different take on it. But you can play as like an anti-agent, like going after the main player. So it's counter-operative. It's not cooperative. You're trying to stop your friend from like That's succeeding. Cool. Uh, that was one of the coolest things Perfect Dark ever did. Is they let you play counter-operative, but in, unlike Deathloop, where you're actually a specific player, in that game you would just randomly spawn as the NPC. So you'd have whatever weapon that NPC had and their like crappy health. And, but once you're gunned down, as long as there's other NPCs alive, you would just keep getting control over them. So while your friend's trying to beat the mission, you're there trying to sabotage them and stop them. It's weird that like stuff like that happens and then you don't see those mechanics ever again. Like they just don't pop up. You'd think whenever there's a new idea like that, especially for cooperative play, it would just you know, take off. Perfect Dark is a pretty popular game. I think it was reviewed really highly too. So it was strange. But I'm excited to see something like that come back. Yeah. Same here. Um okay. I am going to skip listener mail because we oh I have one actually that was directed specifically to me that I will read just because <laughs> no one wrote us anything. No, no one wrote you guys anything. And I didn't get any good open-ended ones. We had some stuff that was more directed at um, specific people. So I'm going to save them because I don't know, what are they going to do? Answer it next week. <laughs> like, like, it'd be, like, okay, so it's on top of the show, let's go to the mail we didn't answer last week. Um, <laughs> that would be bizarre. But this one, if I remember, was quick so uh this came in from vaulted uh from val she writes hey guys i haven't written in in quite a long time i still enjoy listening to you guys every week it's like listening to my friends talk in the car keep it up christian i think it's pretty awesome that you're playing softball i've been playing co-ed and women's softball for seven years now i play in over four different leagues three to four times a week and that isn't including weekend tournaments where you travel i hope you find your passion for it and if you don't that's fine it isn't for everyone Play to have fun. Don't be one of those serious softball players. No one likes them. That is true. Uh, It's a great community to be in, (laughs) a part of, and I don't know uh, where you're from, but everyone is pretty tight. You begin to know a lot of people and just get involved or play fun. Enjoy playing from Val. Uh, I'm playing softball right now, Andy. It's great. You know, you were talking about like doing stuff again. It's It's been so, I used to play dodgeball. That's not back yet because indoor sports, I think are technically finally allowed, but 
I don't think that's going to be back till the fall. So now I'm doing softball. It's been so much fun. We're terrible the first few games, but the like the first game we lost, it was like 26 to zero. We also played the championship team of the previous season and none of us had played like, I think outside of two people, none of us had played softball or baseball in like 20 years. So <laughs> it was, it was a bloodbath. The first That's three awesome. games, in fact, in the third game of the season, they introduced a mercy rule where after eight innings, like after eight points in an inning, the inning ends and then you have to, which apparently wasn't just us. There, there are four other teams beside us that don't have any wins, but last week, we played a team that's like in the middle of the of the league, and we actually only lost by six. It was seventeen to eleven. So 20, 26 to zero, 17 to eleven. That is progress. Sure. That is some serious progress. <laughs> but it's fun. Like we don't care. It's great. You go out, you go outside. We're playing at night, which is perfect because here in the valley in LA, it's really hot. Um, we're playing in the North Hollywood League, which is like the hottest part of the city, essentially the Valley. So yes, I, during I the daytime, the I know. Yeah. During the daytime, it's like, you know, 85, 90 degrees. You don't want to be outside playing, but the games take place at like eight o'clock at night. So we get to play at nighttime. It's like nice and cool. And like the lights are on and everything. It's really that's fun. fun. That's, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It's a really good time. Uh, okay. So I wrote that one and now I have it's also so sweet. It was very nice. So nice. <laughs> we have a lot of very nice listeners. We we almost never get every now and then someone might take like a shot at us for fun and we'll typically read them. I think only once in history, like in the five plus years we've been doing this, did we not read an email or we doctored it at least. We it's strange. You don't usually get that, but that's the benefit of us being sort of like a that weird mid-tier of podcast where your average podcast doesn't have a hundred subscribers. Like they don't get a hundred downloads a week. And then there's like a very small amount of podcasts that sit in the like one to 10,000 downloads a week range. And then otherwise you're big. So you're either really big or you're the majority of people, which is you're under a hundred listeners. And then there's like a 10 percentage of it is like in that weird sweet spot where we get to exist, where we have enough people to have an active discord, and like we can do streaming events with people and like we get regular mail, but we also like aren't inundated with like just jackasses. Also, you guys <laughs> are nice. Well, I work at Kotaku, so we have hate groups dedicated. To- yeah. Oh yes, you do. Yes, you do. <laughs> Can't you, relate. I, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, you guys write about stuff that matters sometimes. We just come on here and talk about bullshit, you know? It all matters, Christian. You know? So it's... Yeah, I want to say games also definitely matter, like, especially with the pandemic. Like, uh, so, so many people have talked about, you know, how it's gotten them through, like, uh, around the anniversary. I talked about how, like, gaming was such a great outlet for doing something. And I said I do a lot of, like, planning and stuff. It, doing that, like, weirdly dedicated stuff for games made me feel productive and mm-hmm. it wasn't tied to finding a job. And a lot of responses were, like, same, bro. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I think gaming, gaming brings us so much joy. Yeah, I totally agree. Animal Crossing was for like a, for like four months straight. It was like, I still had like a routine weirdly because of Animal Crossing. (laughs) (laughs) 
but now I'm permanent. Me, uh, me and my partner, she's also, we're both permanent work from home. Like that's like, it's not going back. Uh, so it's like, now we just, we fortunately, we moved into a bigger place. So we actually have like separate rooms we can like work in and stuff now. So it's because in the way that you got really excited and people heard, um, you exclaim when you had a PS five while, uh, your partner was on a call. I'm assuming for work. Yeah. <laughs> My girlfriend was on like a pitch meeting. Uh, and suddenly everyone heard me from the other room yell, fuck yeah, Lance Reddick. Like, because it was during the PlayStation stream. I don't remember what game he's in, but Lance Reddick is in a game that's coming out. And I got so excited when I saw Lance Reddick and everyone was just like, what? <laughs> yeah. My partner and I also like, this is our office. We definitely needed like a dedicated place to work and have desks because before we had like them in the living room but then the living was room was super clean. Mm-hmm. and new york city apartments are not that big no nope. shockingly no <laughs> no that's very true um okay so i'm gonna be playing a game with you two okay. and this game is called game or no game so in game or no game i have i have four so i have four titles here I'm going to give you a title, and then I'm going to give you two summaries. You have to tell me which of those summaries is the correct summary for that game, or did I completely make the game up and are neither of them real? Um, so so it could be completely fake. It can be completely or... fake. Like I could have made the name up and neither of the summaries are real, or one of the two summaries is real. I did rewrite the summaries, so none of them... Even both. I rewrote both summaries. So, like, uh, it, assuming one is real, yes. even the real one I rewrote. I didn't take any official because I want to make sure it works. They have to be within my own words. Otherwise, it's very clear that it's like, oh, well, someone wrote this like for their game. It doesn't sound like the other ones does. Right. So all of them are, are in my own words explaining what the game is. And you're going to have to determine. It is essentially a guessing game, but you'll have to guess which of them sounds more real or do they both sound like bullshit, which these days is very hard because pretty much anything can be a game now. Sure. So um, let's see here. I'm going to pull it up on my phone so I don't have to turn. (laughs) (laughs) I'm losing my ability to keep it together. <laughs> you're doing great. Yeah, you're doing great. Okay. Here's the title of your first game. It's Cornholius. <laughs> <laughs> like corn, like cornhole. The uh, yeah. game with the beanbags. I I know that's called something else. I don't know what the other name for it is. It's a regionalism. I'm assuming you both call it cornhole as well. We do. We're okay. on the yes. East Coast. We okay. <laughs> cool. Uh, all right. So here's your first option. It's a VR recursive cornhole experience. You play as the beanbag being flung into the air, set your power and aim, then take off. Each time you pass through a hole in the board, there'll be another one and another beyond that. These cornhole loops will get harder and harder to pass through as they begin to change size and move. The further down you go, the more points you score against your opponent. And then the second option, a new spin on cornhole, literally. 
This new circular board ups the ante for your favorite backyard game. The playing field sits atop a rotating spinner that challenges your dexterity and aim like never before. Or option three is fake. Uh, just so you know, I tip the the games. If assuming they're real or not, I pull them from like Kickstarter things. So that that way, assumedly, unless you're always on Kickstarter, you're not going to be aware of them. I don't like crawl steam for obscure stuff because it's possible people will have heard of it. Um, okay. I'm going to guess it's, oh, like it's real. What? You just oh, lift it. <laughs> I can't literally like <laughs> bonked my mic away. Um, Your cat's just climbing all over you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. It's the cutest thing. I'm absolutely loving it, but um, I'm going to guess that it's real, but the second description Okay, so the real get like an actual cornhole board that spins. Andy, what do you want to go with? Uh, I think it's a real game, um, but I'm gonna have to agree with with uh, Lisa on the second one. That's okay. I'm so sorry to say that I made this up completely. Cornholius is not a real game. It's not a recursive VR game. I thought it was real. <laughs> it's I was not like envisioning it. You know, like oh my god, like a big wheel. Is- yeah. yeah, I was actually kind of excited. I feel like Cornhole <laughs> is so right. weirdly popular. It is. Um, <laughs> I once was like friends with someone that really, really wanted to watch the Nathan's hot dog eating contest and mm-hmm. left it on. And there was like a cornhole champion. <laughs> of course, there was. After and I was like, how are people doing this professionally? I don't understand. So I'm like, people are wild. Of course, there's a cornhole game, right? <laughs> There's ever there's everything now. It's like if you're a human, there's something for you today. It's great. Yeah. Uh, I mean, ever since Marble Runs were on ESPN, I don't put it. I absolutely believe you. There was cornhole on TV. <laughs> oh man, nice. Gotcha on the first one. Uh, I came up with that one. Someone's just like they're like, this is our premium cornhole board, and I was like, oh, I'll make up two fake cornhole games. Here we go. <laughs> All right. Your next one. This one's called Battle Peak. One word, but peak, uh, like the mountain, P-E-A-K, not P-E-E-K. The first one, it's a tabletop game. A hex-driven card-battling board game. Each player commands a powerful wizard with the ability to cast various spells of four different elements. These elemental spells have advantage and disadvantage over one another. Players can move around the board's hex tiles to gain strategic advantage and cast their enemies off guard and spell cast them while in range. The last wizard standing wins. And the second option for Battle Peak is a King of the Hill indie platform brawler. It's Ice Climbers meets Smash Brothers in this uh, vertical platform fighting game. Players race to the top of a procedurally generated mountain by climbing platforms and avoiding obstacles and enemies along the way. Knock your opponents off mountain bridges and platforms to get ahead, but be careful as the terrain becomes more difficult and deadly the higher up you go. Or option C, fake. I'm going to say real in the first description. Okay. I'm doing real the second. Okay. One of you is correct. (gasps) And the first point of the void, uh, first point on the i need to like drink something my mouth is like so dry that i'm having trouble speaking right now first point on the board goes to lisa it is a hex tabletop game it's kind of a cool idea it's it's got uh like it's card battling mechanics that are very simple 
they're not like a deep like deck builder, anything complicated. But then the strategy comes from like actually moving your play around, almost like they're on like a if you're playing D and D with like an actual grid kind of an idea. All right, all right. Uh, all right, so we have two more. Plenty of chance to tie and take the lead. Okay. This next one is called Lottle Knot. L-O-D-D-L-E-N-A-U-T. Lottle Knot. Another portmanteau. Very popular for games, so just put words together. Uh, the first option, a light underwater survival game on an ocean planet. It's Animal Crossing meets Subnautica in this cozy janitorial sim. You're tasked with cleaning the seafloor as an interstellar custodian dropped off by a mysterious corporation. As you build out your home and clean up the polluted waters, you'll begin to collect and raise lottles, the native sea creatures of this world. And the second option, Lottle Knot is an engineering problem-solving sim. You play as Spark, a sentient spiky ball of energy in charge of monitoring and repairing your town's energy grid. You can traverse the world by electrical wires as you complete your daily task of checking meters and power lines. Over time, areas of the town will begin to degrade from weather accidents and other mysterious happenings. You must appropriately, the it weirdly didn't send all of it over to my phone, you must appropriately manage these repairs to keep the power on because once a power line is totally out, you can get cut off from that part of the grid, making your bright home darker and darker. I don't know why the cloud failed me. Or option gonna, three, bullshit. I think it's fake. Yeah. Oh, I'm going, going fake. Going full fake. On that yeah. title alone was, it's got to be flat or not. I it's, don't believe you. It's interesting. I would have guessed that Lisa would have guessed the first one just because that sounds like a game you would like. The first one where you're just that like. I mean, it's real. <laughs> it doesn't. But in this case, it is real. And it is that first game. It and it's like really so cutesy and cartoony looking. Okay. All right. It's it's like cute subnautica where you don't have to like worry about dying. You just have to clean up the ocean and make friends. Okay. Uh, Now I have to check it out. Yeah. (laughs) When you were talking about what games you like, brother, I was like, oh, she might fall for this one. (laughs) (laughs) She might get it right just because she'll like it. Um, Okay. And then the last one, Sandy, this is for the tie. Okay. Hit me. Overruled. Option A, overruled a fast-paced rule-making and breaking card game. Each player is given seven cards with rules that apply to themselves and the group. In each round, players anonymously put forth a rule that everyone must follow, and they vote on which one becomes a part of the game. If a player breaks a rule during the next round, their card is disqualified from winning. The first person to have four active card rules in the game wins. Option B, inspired by games like Ace Attorney, Overruled is a new courtroom-based simulation that takes real-life-inspired court cases and asks players to act as the judge or jury, depending on the case. The switching mechanic allows players to learn the real-life aspects that must go into the U.S. court system and how judgments are determined, what kind of evidence is valid, and how well they stack up against the real-world outcomes. Strange A's attorney came up uh, and that that is on here. And then option three is no, not good. your cat. I don't know if she heard a word of that. The cat was on top of your head around your shoulders. <laughs> oh my goodness! The the video podcast watchers are gonna love this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Literally, everyone should just scroll through. Do you want me to reread that one for you? No, I was listening. Oh, okay. Um. That I I don't think I would have been able to pay attention. <laughs> I'm very talented. I wanted to say, I think it's 
It's real. Okay, wait. Can you give me like the brief summary again? The first one is um, it's a card game where all the cards have different rules right, on them, like things players can and can't do. I was torn because I think it's real, and I'm not sure if it's that or the Ace Attorney one. You want to defer to Andy first? I'm going to say two. I'm going to say two. Okay, the Ace Attorney game. Yeah. I actually do think it's one, and I do think it's real. Okay. Well, unfortunately, this is fake as well. Came up with both of these games. Overruled is not a real game. Well, Listen, game or no game. It's a very difficult game to play. This is not an easy game. Uh, the fact that anyone scored points, really commendable. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> um, I mean, great creativity because they Thank both you. sounded really interesting. Yeah, it was very good. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, well, I'm making that card game, Andy, oh, that I've been... True. You are making a card Yeah, game. the game that I'm making, I made, I came up with from doing this <laughs> oh seriously that's yeah crazy. that's how i came up with that no game. i was also, <laughs> i just overruled some super fun it sounds like the like king's game like drinking yes. game where you make a yep. rule but it like it sounds so real yes yeah that's yes. why i was so torn yeah but i feel like i've also heard a lot of like ace attorney vibes coming up with a new one coming out so it's like maybe it's like inspired by it both sound really fun so thank you great job yeah thank you uh appreciate that very much this is this is my favorite game that we play uh but i will say it's also hard to do (laughs) every now and then i'm like oh i'm in the mood to do it because sometimes i'm like i'm gonna do game or no game and then i go on and i look at them and i'm like i'm coming up with nothing I was like, this isn't going to be good today. I'm like, okay, we're just doing regular trivia today. Here we go. (laughs) Oh, fantastic. Um, Instead of playing you out on the music, I want to make sure I should have done this at the top of the show, um, but I'm a jerk. So I'll remind everyone it's in the show notes. But Andy, you have an event coming up. If you want to let everyone know about that. I would love to. Um, so yeah, I work for Stand Up to Cancer. We're a cancer research organization. And I kind of, in the last two years, helped bring us into the gaming industry, uh, working with streamers, content creators, publishers, developers, even doing some cool stuff. I can't say the name of it because on July 15th, we're announcing it, but it's going to be a collaborative effort at the end of June, a week event where streamers, content creators are joining up to raise money for cancer research. Um, we got a lot of cool people joining. Um, we also have open invite to sign up so if you hit the show notes on the on the streaming link go down to our discord and literally dm me personally i'm the admin in the discord i'm happy to get you guys set up um and we're looking to make it just a really great event and i'm looking forward to it it's our pretty much like it's our tentpole event of the year for Mm -hmm. especially for our side so um and then if you want to come join the discord please do we have so many amazing streamers doing so much good in the world and you know cancer affects almost everyone in some unfortunate way Mm -hmm. so that goes for streamers gamers everyone in that industry so um you know we're, we're trying to fight it from the front end on the science side by getting experimental medication approved by the fda and i could tell you we've had nine fda approvals so far that's awesome. Last, last 10 years. So yeah, check it out. And also I do a retro podcast on Twitch on Saturdays at Love Retro BTW. Um, and yeah, it was really great being on the show again. And it was great to meet you as well, Lisa. And uh, yeah. always fun. Hell yeah. Uh, Lisa, where can people find you at? 
Uh, you can check me out at Kotaku. Um, if I haven't written anything on the site lately, that means I've probably edited a bunch of things on the site. Um, so definitely check me out. You can also find me on Twitter. I'm at Murray underscore Lynn, L-A-S-A-M-A-R-I-E underscore L-Y-N-N, two N, not one. Some people <laughs> no. Um, yeah. Perfect. Uh, I am... At Christian underscore Humes, uh, we are at the Unranked Podcast. We'll see you next time. Hopefully, the boys will be back. We'll see. If not, we'll either have some repeat guests or some new ones again. It might be a surprise to me as well. We'll find out. But until next time, everybody, stay unranked. Bye. Bye. I'm just inserting the music after because I didn't want to play it over because I didn't know how much either you might have to say. <laughs> and then like the music cuts off. Um, so I usually do like a, we do like a three to five minute post show of whatever bullshit. But if either of you have like a hard out, that's also cool. If you have to roll. Oh, just, I'm good. Got a cat. <laughs> yeah. Um, is there anything anyone has watched recently that you would like to talk about? What? Are either of you watching Loki? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, you want to talk about the newest episode because this is For we sure. anywhere that we're like, oh, we might want to talk spoilers. <laughs> that's typically what our post shows become. Oh, it's like, cool. okay, cool. This is where we can talk about the spoilers because it's in the post show, and everyone knows now. If they want to hear it, they can they can listen or they can cut it off. They're not going to get shocked. Um, so Loki, this week's episode. What do you think? I. L- I loved it. I think the episode before was really the strongest episode so far. Um, but this episode was fun. I mean, listen, I I think what they're doing with these Marvel series is that they're really bringing more character to the characters that have always been secondary. So, wow, his depth is awesome. His acting mm-hmm. is great. And just meeting like the old Loki, the alligator. Oh. It's, it's a fun show. Like, and that episode made it fun this time. Like, I was like, yes, this is great. Like, yes. So that's like. It was great, honestly. How about you, Lisa? I've been really surprised that I've seen so many people saying they didn't like this episode in the last. I feel like they wanted it to maintain that like esoteric vibe, which I get, but I think that eventually we got to move the plot along. Mm-hmm. So so I, I did really like it. Um, I also, same thing, I think... Tom Hiddleston's acting was really on point and the woman that plays Sylvie as well and blanking on her name just so great and oh my god yeah old Loki true MVP of the episode and when he went out I was like y'all couldn't like figure that out like seconds before truly a little late a little late Um, also I do want to say Kid Loki's a murderer why, are, yes, why killed, has no one addressed that? Well, he was like, sick. Kid Loki's really cool. He's like, I killed my brother. He's like an eight-year-old murderer. You're right. But Loki's Loki's killed a lot of people. <laughs> right. But he wasn't like a child killing his brother. That's, That's fair. Dark. That's, yeah, that is fair. That is dark. But I That's think extremely dark. The thing where he's badass in a sense is because he's one of the few Lokis that actually killed Thor. Because I think that <laughs> I'm pretty sure that all the Lokis always wanted to kill their brother. Yes. Some yeah, and way he's, or the one that, like, he's the one who did it. Yeah. He's the one that did it. And he, oh God. he's pretty badass. I want to know more about the alligator, though. Oh, right? he, so I was <laughs> thinking he must come from, and I've, I've, so ever since basically like The Last Jedi came out, I feel like discourse for like all TV and movies has just been like 
worse and worse. And everyone's so like, I just, I've blocked like everything. I just don't read anyone's opinions on stuff anymore. I just talk to friends about it because it just, everyone's just so extreme about everything. Um, so I had no idea that people didn't like this episode, but I like the alligator Loki. like, is he from, I, I want to know, like if he's from the same universe that spider ham is from like the, the, the pig Spider-Man. Cause I know yeah. like when that, um, Spider-Verse came out, I was like, wait, is he real? And he is real. And it's apparently from a universe where everyone is animals. So I'm like, oh, is that the same one? Is that alligator Loki? Is like the same world as Spider-Ham? Does that mean Spider-Ham is in the MCU somewhere? I um, I haven't looked it up I, yet. <laughs> I've been referring to him as Florida Loki. Florida Loki. <laughs> <laughs> my, um, my partner, T, she sent me a message and someone uh, made a meme calling him Crokey. <laughs> which is i thought or sorry crocky 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 he's an alligator oh yeah you're right he is an alligator is well, he i think they call him an alligator yeah they call yeah. him an alligator okay did you guys see the frog thor <laughs> the frog I- so, oh yes <laughs> so then i think you're on the right pace that i think they're from that whatever right. universe that is and it might be you know spider ham might be from there <laughs> someone said that was a reference to there's like a scene where Thor talks about like all things Loki did to him. He was like, one time he turned me into a frog. Mm. So maybe that's, and he's like just stuck in the job. <laughs> yeah, that's. Okay. It's really fun. This episode was really funny in yeah. a way. The trailer and so many of the images have been that image of Loki, like with all the other Lokis and the horns. Like we've seen that picture. I had never considered that that wasn't going to be our Loki, that scene, that that was actually some alternate yeah the one with the suit jacket on that said like vote loki and stuff i just always assumed that was our guy and if any like once he popped in that scene ended up just being like a gag and then it was over (laughs) i also can't get over how they kept turning on each other like of course so funny of course they would so funny and that's what made this look these loki's special was because like they didn't like these ones didn't turn on each other yeah. like he sacrificed himself for her the, what the kid helped him out and gave him the dagger which like that must i mean uh, maybe it won't come up again maybe it was just to help get the attention uh but that would be cool like if that comes up because they also make such a an important point about what the dagger symbolizes yes um and i also think it really goes to the whole point of what they're kind of talking about like it is capable of change if given the opportunity Mm -hmm. and how they were able to evolve from you know being an outcast to joining people being from florida to thriving in new environments from being a child murderer to helping out a friend um and you know i think that's also what made it special um just really great all around i I loved it so much. Um, my partner is obsessed with looking up since WandaVision, all of the like, this is what you missed. This yeah. Is yeah. This yeah, 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 yeah. As like, well. Oh, the WandaVision, new rock stars on YouTube and stuff. Yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> after WandaVision, you're still buying into the hype. Like, that's embarrassing for you. I love him. He's great. <laughs> but he's, he, he's like, I know it might not be real, but he loves it. And I feel like also, since this one had so many details, a great one to look at for like those Easter eggs for sure. Yes. Yeah. yeah there were like so many things just like there was like the big ship. I was like, oh, that was Ronin ship. And I think there I think there was one of those Quinjets from S.H.I.E.L.D. that popped in somewhere. And There was, there the, was Thanos the Thanos copter. Yeah. yeah, the Thanos copter. Oh, 
which just for context, if you guys don't know, is from a series of Spider-Man comics that was catered to children. And like he would ride in his helicopter to Thanos. <laughs> Such a crazy Easter egg. I was very impressed by that one. They did. That's awesome. So I think this series has given the comic more fan service than ever. Yeah. Yes. Like they're really throwing to some true comic book stuff. Like, yes. Um, they did that a little bit with WandaVision too when they, they did. did the outfits and stuff. Yeah, like old Loki, seeing him in that oh. outfit in per, in the actual, it was, and it would look cool. It's you know, so funny. It, it was funny, but like, it really was cool too. Yes. Like, it's just so cool. Every time they would just cut so- randomly to the alligator Loki, I would, I would start laughing. Like I actually, like actually laughing too, not like to myself, but like out loud. And it was like during like a serious scene and they just cut to the alligator Loki. <laughs> Fuck. Especially when they're like, is that an alligator? And it's like, it's a Loki. What? Like, who cares? It's yeah. just donuts. <laughs> so, so good. I, I will say, if Mobius doesn't get to ride at Jet Ski, I'm going to be mad. I will cry. I will I'll be so, legitimately cry. I was so happy when he showed up. I was so happy when he showed up in that in that car with the little pizza on top. That was, mm-hmm. um, oh, it was so good. It was so good. I'm very excited for the next episode. And um, I'm really hoping, yeah, the last episode, I'm really hoping um, Kang, some people are guessing Kang the Conqueror is going to show up because he was cast. Jonathan Majors was cast as Kang the Conqueror for Ant-Man. People are hoping he's going to show up on this. And I hope that's true because did either of you watch Lovecraft Country? No. No, I've heard it's great. (sighs) I heard it's good, though. It is. It's I'm not good with scary stuff. I'm very jumpy. There, it was mostly good. I would there, there'd be at least like one part of every episode where I'd be like, "Ah, shit, that was fucking scary." But there is like the fourth or fifth episode of that show actually like scared the shit out of me. Like the whole episode like scared the shit out of me. But the main dude in it, um, there's like three. There's three stars. There's I can't remember her name, but the TVA agent who right now is in prison. She plays. Uh, one of the three leads in that show. Oh, she's and, in that show? Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes. It's amazing. So like in my head canon, I like to pretend that that's her from that show at this show because that show has like all this weird like fantasy sci-fi stuff in it. So I'm like, oh, maybe she she was like a variant and then she got brought in and Ruby is just living now in the TVA and she doesn't know it. And that's what like her past was that they showed her. But the other guy in it, the, the lead dude, Jonathan Majors, is like, other than Chris Hemsworth, he'll be like the biggest dude, like physically in the MCU. Like this this man is like a brick shit house. He's gigantic. Like, I, I don't know if anyone's seen a picture of Chris Hemsworth recently, but like he looks no. so big that it looks... Oh, really? Un- like it, it, he looks like a monster. It's insane. But this dude is also like gigantic. So I'm like, oh, if he shows up, that's good. He's going to be a scary ass villain. Like he might be, he might be like the next like Thanos. I hope he's not a one-off because he's a great actor. And then I'm just like, they just need to get the third person, Journey Smollett. Just get her in it. And then you have the whole, the whole trio. She's amazing. Mm -hmm. You should watch it. Very good show. And uh, it didn't get picked up. So you can just one season. It does end. It ends pretty like well like there did not need to be a second series like for the story to just end so that's good but yes it does suck because it was really good so when loki ends and you need another show to watch there you go 
All right. I'm going to let Lisa go because her cat <laughs> is attacking her. Uh, I'm going to stop recording and we will see you guys next time. Bye. Thanks for coming on. Say bye. <laughs> Thanks for having us on, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>